you don't know me, my name is Emily, just as Kylie has just said. Um, and I'm currently the intern here at One Heart Church. Um, and I've got, oh, spoiler alert. Did you touch that or did I? Now I won't be able to use this. Anyway, so yeah, I'm the intern here. Um, I've got two weeks left on the calendar. So um, of working in here, I work one day a week in here and help out in the office. I get to spend heaps of time with Kylie and Pastor Pauline and Pastor Rob and all the other office people. Um, and I've been loving it. So this morning I get my first opportunity to share with you guys. So I'm excited. Um, but before I start, I just wanted to give a big welcome to a couple of mates we have here, um, Izzy and Franz. They were actually uh, the family that invited my family to church originally. So, so it's awesome to have them here this morning. So I'm just going to share a message about something that God has really sort of taken me on a journey this year to learn about. Um, and so the first thing I want to read to you, oh, before I do that, I'll just pray. Father, just uh, thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I just uh, pray that you would just speak through me, Lord, that this message is all about you, Father, and nothing about me, Lord, that um, you'd just be able to speak to people's hearts, Father, the specific people that this message is for, Lord, that you would just open up their eyes to you, Father, that you would just reveal things to them that they didn't know before, Father. So I just... Um, open myself to you this morning, that you just uh, speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So the first uh, thing I want to read to you is in Romans 12, 1 to 2. There we go. So now, everyone said now. It's in bold. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. Everyone say ordinary life doesn't sound very exciting. You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognise what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God wants to bring the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So I want you to just mentally hold on to that. Um, as I just tell you about a person in the Bible, I'm just going to um, briefly talk about it, so I'm not going to read it out. I'm just going to tell you my version of this. Like, my version of the story through my own words. Um, but it's about a guy called Simon Peter. I'm going to call him Simon Peter because I'll get confused with the context because his name changes. So I'll just call him Simon Peter so I don't stuff it up. Um, but he um, was a fisherman and his everyday life, get up, um, go fishing. Um, but this one particular day, he caught no fish, nothing happening. Um, but then this guy on the beach called Jesus was like, cast your net out one more time. So he did and all these fish this is flooding the boats. They got more boats out there and, um, and then he decided to up and leave and follow Jesus. So I'm just going to talk about that for a bit is that if, when I picture Simon Peter, I picture like an old, uh, like a scruffy, smelly looking fisherman, you know, probably not very well educated or anything like that. Um, and he would have just gotten up like any other day 
an ordinary day, um, got out of bed and went to work and wasn't a very good day at work really. Um, but something extraordinary happened and he saw a massive miracle and it changed his life forever. Um, so who knows that sometimes life can feel a bit repetitive. Um, sometimes it's the same routine every week. Um, for me, I'm big on planning. Um, I've got a weekly planner. I've got a calendar. I've got a to-do list today, to-do list for the week. I'm very big on organising myself. Otherwise, I'm just lost. I don't know what I'm doing. And sometimes that can just become habit and we can just um, be going through the motions. Um, but... And sometimes we can get the perspective that God's such a big God that, you know, and he is and we just want to um, do big gestures like, you know, God, you have my future and you have this and you have that. Um, and sometimes we may lack or forget about all the small things in our day-to-day routine that we forget, oh, God actually wants that as well. Um, and sometimes, yeah, we may not feel like certain things are important, like having breakfast or, you know, stuff like that, but... It's a mistake to think that God can't um, arrive on your everyday scene in breakfast. It's a mistake to think that God can't do something extraordinary in your ordinary day. Um, So we just need to make sure that we're not limiting or excluding God on our Monday to Friday and allowing the culture around you stopping you from reaching your full maturity and your potential in God, like it said in that verse. And, you know, Simon Peter, he took his normal day, you know, God took that, he turned it from ordinary, get up, you know, bad day at work, not too good, and God's just like, no, I can do something with not too good. I can do something with ordinary. Um, So, which I think is pretty awesome. And Jesus can do the same thing in our day, every day, but we've just got to place that before God, like that verse said. Um, and if we're having this and we're having this relationship with God, you know, like I said, the big gestures, um, but it's the small things that other people around us see, you know, it's the small everyday going to work, how you behave, what you're doing, that's what the people around you see, and that sometimes God can use that more than anything else. Um, so I'll tell you a little story. I was at work... Um, and I work at um, the cafe down the front street. And this lady come up to the desk and she went off at me. Over, like, nothing, had nothing to do with me. I was just, you know, serving customers. And she went off at me about something that had nothing to do with me. I'm just an employee. You know, you know when you get in between and you're the middle person and it's all taken out on you? It was like that. And, um, I've, I grew up with two older brothers, so I'm very quick thinker on comebacks. <laughs> so uh, all my life I've had to develop a brain that goes, oh, I can get you this one. Like. And so automatically my brain's doing that. It's going, I'm like, I can shut you down right now. <laughs> and that's what my brain's thinking. But then I was like, hang on a minute. Where's my level of maturity just because this lady had this culture doesn't mean I have to have the same culture. And so God was sort of just like to me, he's like, look around you, there's customers watching, your workmates are watching. 
How you respond to this is a big deal. How you respond to this is going to make an impact on the people around you. Where's your culture and where's their culture? And so I sucked it up and I put on a smile. Don't know how real it was, but I put on a smile and I just said, look, I understand what's, you know, I understand. Um, I'm sorry, I can't do anything for you. Like, you know, I'm really sorry that you feel that way, blah, blah, blah. And so that was just something, I think, for me, a stepping stone into, okay, who am I? Am I the people around me or am I um, someone that God has called to have a higher level of maturity? And that's going to influence people around you. It's going to be an example for them. Um, So moving on, later on down the track, um, Jesus dies, he comes back to life and the disciples one day are out fishing and they spot a guy on the beach um, and then uh, Simon Peter works out that it's Jesus. So they go to the beach um, and they set up and they have breakfast. They cook some fish and yada, yada. And God actually, that's when um, Jesus goes, you know, Simon, do you love, like, Peter, do you love me? Blah, blah, blah. And that's when he actually calls him into his ministry, calls him to start Christianity. And I think this is a massive deal because if you were... Pretend you're an outsider, you see a bunch of guys sitting on the beach, eating breakfast, you know, it's a pretty cool scene, but from the outside it looks pretty ordinary. You're just like, oh yeah, just guys having some breakfast together, that's nice. But if you were one of the disciples there, it's extraordinary. You know, here's Jesus, he's back to life, he's alive again. Um, so something that's ordinary is extraordinary if you're in it. And that's the thing is God wants you in it. He wants you to be able to experience that every day. And I think we get the opportunity to do that. You know, why should we miss out on that? Why should we back down from that? And, you know, God can reveal himself to you while you're having breakfast. That's what I get out of it. And if you don't eat breakfast, I'm really disappointed. (laughs) It is the most important meal of the day. I'm a big breakfast person. I actually didn't have breakfast today. But, yeah, I... Normally have breakfast, very important. So eat breakfast, guys. Jesus will arrive. <laughs> um, at, at camp, at youth camp, um, it was a massive thing for our youth ministry, but it was also awesome for us leaders because um, he, um, Pastor Tim, spoke over each of us. And he'd come to me and he pretty much, like the whole camp, I was just thinking about next year. I was thinking about the future. I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I going to go? Blah, blah, blah. And he come over and he just looks at me. He's like, I'm going to talk to you later. And I was like, no, no, what have I done? Like, what has God told him? And he spoke to me later and he just said, "Um, you're just focusing so much on your future right now that you're forgetting that where you are right now, you are called, that you're focusing on a destination where you're called for a destination is like but you're actually already in your calling you're already a part of that and for me I never really thought of it that way my voice goes like this I'm not gonna cry it's just my voice (laughs) it's because I'm nervous (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah he was just like you're called now and you know you've got a few you know a few more months left of your internship and he's like 
you know, don't take that for granted. You know, that is what you're called to do this year for this time right now. And I feel like I learned so much from that because where you are right now, it may not be where you end up, but it's where you are now and it's where God has called you now. And sometimes we look for a destination like, oh, I'm going to be called once I reach that spot, once I get that education, once I hit there, then I'll be in my calling. But you're actually in it right now and it may not feel like the right place or whatever, but God's actually like, I'm going to put you in that job and you're going to have an impact. I'm going to put you in that classroom and you're going to have an impact. You may not be very smart, you may not be very good at it, but I'm going to um, use you in that spot. And so that's something that God has really spoken to me about this year, is that wherever you are, that's where you're called. Whether you like it or not, for the moment, that's where you're called. And you have a duty to, um, yeah, really open yourself up to God there. So my next point, I don't oh, it is working. Next. So that was now. Those were the um, two stories that I just spoke about, and I just, yeah. Next. So I'm going to talk about uh, Nehemiah. He's it's probably one of my favourite books in the Bible. I just love the story because I think God's spoken to me so much through it. Um, and so I'll just briefly tell you just the start of it is that um, he was um, born into the exile of Jerusalem. So he was born into slavery um, and he was obviously, uh, like from Jerusalem. So he was um, a Christian per se and... Um, he's a slave, so he's actually the king's cupbearer. Um, and one day, his, uh, some people come and they say, look, the conditions in Jerusalem are shocking. Like, oh, they're living in such poor conditions, like, blah, blah, blah. He's actually so upset. He, um, he cries and he fasts and he, he's like that for a few days. And then even the king notices that he's a bit depressed. The king goes, you know, why are you so depressed? And um, he tells him, he's like, my people are living in poor conditions. Like, how can I not be upset? And the king goes, so what do you want to do about it? And he's just like, okay, I want all these um, letters so I can go through the land that you give me permission so I can go there. I want all the materials. I want to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. I want to rebuild the temple. I want this, this. I need this, blah, blah, blah. And it said, because God had favour on him, the um, king was really generous and said, okay, let's do it. And the first thing I want to talk about here is um, Nehemiah's heart in this situation is that, you know, he's in this kingdom that is, is not near Jerusalem. So for him to have such a strong heart for some people that he doesn't know that he's not living in those conditions, it doesn't really concern him. But for him to have such a strong conviction, like, I've got to do something about this. Like, he was um, upset and fasting. And so for him to have that heart, I think, is awesome. And I think sometimes God places a burden in your heart or places you something in you that goes, that needs to be changed or I want to do something about that for a reason. And we get those sort of passion, um, we get all that sort of stuff because God's actually calling you into something. Um, and I think if we get that sort of stuff, if we get, you know, a passion for something or we, um, we feel deeply about something, we need to do what um, Nehemiah did and he went and he fasted and he prayed and he cried. Um, and in that time, he, you know, he came up with a with a game plan 
So the first bit is that he was called to the situation. So he could see his heart, his passion for this change. And then the next thing is, is that he prepared himself. So when the king asked him, so what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want to do? He actually had an answer. He wasn't just standing there going, oh, I hadn't thought of that. He was actually like, okay, I need these papers so I can go through the land. I need these materials, blah, blah, blah. He knew everything he needed. He had a plan for it. And he was also, um, I'll just go back to my notes. So it sort of makes you think that he would have had to put a lot of thought and effort into what he was going to do. And sometimes we can just get emotional about things and be upset about things but not do anything about it. And that's empty. There's nothing, if there's nothing behind, the, behind it, then it's just emotions. And it wasn't just emotions. He actually got clarification from God and that's really important. There's a difference there. Um, we need a game plan of, you know, all right, what are the practical steps, God? How am I going to achieve this thing that you have placed inside me to do? How am I going to get there? Do I need to be educated? Do I need to be trained? For him to be able to build a wall, he must have some sort of skills in building a wall because it's around the whole city. If he's going to build a temple, he must have had some sort of knowledge of how to do that. He wasn't just going into it blank. And I think that's really important. Like, what do you need to be able to do to get that to happen? Um, Yeah. So what do you need to prepare in your life? Because I believe that if we Christians, we want to be constantly growing and learning and we want to constantly be going to the next thing because God didn't call us to stay in the same place and the same level of maturity. He's actually called you, no matter what stage of life you're in, to something next. We don't want to be staying in the same place. So this is, I believe this is for everyone in this building right now. What is God calling to you next? You know, what do you need to be preparing in your life right now? You know, to be able to identify, and if you don't know what that thing is, that's the thing. God will put a passion in you. And if you don't know what that is, then wait on God and wait to hear what he's um, put in you. Because once you have God's place of passion in you, that's the best place to be at. That's what God had designed us for. So, yeah, so prepare for that and to know, okay, God, what are you calling into me? What are you calling me to do next? Maybe something little. It doesn't have to be a big thing. But there's always more growth that can happen. There's always, always more that you can um, become. So he was also the king's cupbearer. So he was in close contact with the king. Um, and the king even took notice of his mood. So they must have been on pretty good terms. And what I get from that is that God will place you in a position that you need to be effective. He'll place you where he's called you. So you're going to be at the right place at the right time because, one, he's given you a passion. Two, he's prepared, you've prepared yourself for it. And he's going to put you in that position and you're going to have all the answers. That's what I get from it, is that God's going to position you in the same, right place so you can pursue what he's calling you and be effective at it. Um, and the next point is that God will provide all your needs. So he asked, you know, ask and you will receive. He asked the king, this is what I want. Can I get this? I've got this plan. And... God had favour on him and because it was the will of God, the king said yes and he was generous in that. And that's the next thing is that 
this is something that God's really spoken to me is like, don't be worried about that. Don't be worried about the money. Don't be worried about, you know, all, all the things that mean the most to you because I'm going to provide the way. I've already provided. You know, God's already, I've seen what he's done in my life. He's provided so much. And he's going to surprise you and be like, yep, you can have this, you can have that. But we need to have those extra steps first. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited for what God is going to do in all of our lives. So, yeah. So my question is, what is God calling you to, to do next? Um, if you don't know, I really encourage you to discover this. Let God r- reveal to you what he's placed inside you. Um, and this has been a journey for me this year. It's like I feel like God, he's placed a passion inside me and I was, I was just tell. Um, at the beginning of the year, I really, um, I was keen to move. I was just like, yep, finish school, ready to fly away, leave the nest. Um, but then opportunities came up and I spent time with God and I spent time talking to my pastors and God over time, it was like a few months, he changed my heart on a perspective and it was because I got down and I read my Bible and God gave me this whole chapter of what he was going to do this year. And for me, that was massive. And I know that I was called here this year. I still am called here for another two weeks. (laughs) Intern. (laughs) And so I know for me, if I didn't stay here this year, I wouldn't have, I think I would have taken a detour to my calling, if that makes sense. I think I would have missed something. And so... Yeah, God has really taken me on a journey through Bible college, through my internship of, okay, this is actually your heart. This is what I've placed in you and this is your next steps. Um, and I think that's really important. I was going to take a quick drink. Yeah, so he's really taken me on a journey of what my desires are and what I've really learnt. And um, I can honestly say this has been the best year of my life. And it's all because of what God has called me into. And that's what it should be like for all of us where we are right now. God has called you into that. And I'm just so passionate about that because it's something that God has really given me a personal revelation about. Yeah. So the next point is persist, if you can read that. So um, the final person I'll be talking about this morning, Elijah. Um, And God tells Elijah, he's like, okay, I'm going to make it rain. It's been three years of drought. I'm going to make it rain. And... um, I'll just read. So he said that promise, I'm going to make it rain. And I'll just read this. Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bowed deeply in prayer, his face between his knees. Then he said to his young servant, on your feet now, look towards the sea. He went, looked and reported back. I don't see a thing. Everyone say, I don't see a thing. (laughs) Keep looking, said Elijah, seven times if necessary. And sure enough, the seventh time he said, 
Oh yes, a cloud, but very small, no bigger than someone's hand rising out of the sea. Did anyone do um, like swimming lessons, bronze medallion? That's your help. Quickly then, <laughs> on your way, tell, oh yeah, on your way, tell Ahab, saddle up and get down from the mountain before the rain stops you. And this is a pretty cool story. So what I get from this is, number one, God gives him a promise it's going to rain. And he held on to that promise and he... He held on to that promise through all that hard work. He's seven times up and down the mountain. I don't know how big that mountain is, but I think it would be pretty big. I've climbed a couple mountains, not very big ones, and it's, it, sometimes it's not as easy as it looks. Sometimes it's easier than it looks. But that's a lot of work. Imagine being the servant, up and down, up and down, up and down. It's crazy. I don't see a thing. And it hadn't rained for three whole years um, but Elijah's up there and he's like, nah, God's given me this promise. Keep checking, keep going. I believe in this. And sometimes we can get a promise from God, but it's hard work because you don't see a thing. It's hard work and you've got to keep running up and down, running up and down, and we give up. Yeah, sometimes we give up on a promise because it's too hard. I don't want to run up mountains. It's not that fun. Do you watch Biggest Loser? Like, no. (laughs) But keep looking seven times if necessary. And sometimes we may not see results straight away. We're just, yeah, nothing's happening. And sometimes this can make you second guess everything. Like, maybe I didn't hear from God or um, maybe, maybe I'm just not, good enough to be able to complete what God's calling me to do or, um, you know, you just have all these doubts and you get so discouraged because you don't see anything happening. And for me, I had a, um, a, a weak point, let's just call it. Um, one day I, I had a really busy week, like really busy. And one morning I was just like, I'm over today and it hasn't even begun. Has anyone ever felt like that? I'm just over today and I'm not even awake yet. I'm still half asleep. And I remember feeling like that and I was just like, maybe I should just chuck a sickie and, <laughs> and I'll just stay in bed all day. It would be lovely. I can sleep and relax and have no responsibilities for the day and... Um, yeah, I used to try that at school, but mum was pretty tough. She would take away my laptop, take away my phone whenever I was sick. I wasn't allowed to watch TV. I wasn't allowed to do anything. If you're sick, you sleep. You stay in bed. And so for me, it was more fun to go to school than chuck a sickie. It was so boring. <laughs> but, yeah, do you ever feel like that? Like, oh, just over this week already... And I was having that feeling and I'm so thankful that I have a habit in my life to read my Bible because if I did not read my Bible, I think 
I don't know what I'd be doing with myself, seriously, because I, you get so many human weaknesses or your um, insecurities and you're just like, yeah, I'm over this at the moment. But I got up that morning, I was like, yeah, contemplating the sickie in my head and I opened my Bible out of pure habit, not because I wanted to, but because I, it was a habit to do it and that's so important because sometimes we don't feel like doing stuff and sometimes the Bible talks about weird stuff and you're like God what does that even mean but to have that habit I opened up and in Matthew 5 I don't think I have it on the slide but it said you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you there is more of God and his rule and I was just like okay <laughs> I'm so guilty I'm sorry I've, I, from that God's just like struck me I don't know if you ever get those moments when God just struck you and you go, okay, I get it. <laughs> and he was just like, Luke, for me, it's like I was at the end of my rope. I'm like, I'm exhausted. And that's my own fault because I have a crazy schedule. But I was exhausted and God was just like, good, now I can do more in you. Good, now there's more of me that can be used. And so it just changed my perspective and God just changes perspective because he's so upside down to everything that we think about. Like, he's just like, no, yeah, at the end of the rope, that's a good thing. Now I can get involved. Now I can do this through you. Now I can prove myself through you. And that was an awesome thing for me. And so sometimes um, it's so important to hold on to God's promises and to hold on what he's um, telling you. Like, I held on to that for the whole day. And I was just like, yeah, God, you said there's more of you today. I'm excited for that. And that also goes specifically. So if there's a specific thing that God's calling you into, if you've got a word or if you've got something that God has really spoken to you about, you can then go, Seven times, I don't see a thing, but I'm confident in your promise. I'm confident in what you've said to me. And I think that is so important because I don't think if I didn't live out of my own revelation, I would just be starving. I'd be coming to church and hardly energised, I reckon, because I'd be living out of everyone else's revelation. So it's so important to get that for yourself. Um, and sometimes there may be people, I imagine he, that he's on top of the mountain, all spiritual, and people are probably looking at him like, what a weirdo, he thinks it's going to rain, it hasn't rained for three weeks, like uh, three weeks, three years. You know, seriously, Elijah, just get down, you're embarrassing yourself. And we might have people like that in our lives who are looking at what you're doing and going, yeah, don't know about that, like... You know, they may be discouraging you, but if we've got a promise from God, we can be certain in the uncertain. Um, and that's something, yeah, that is so important, I think. And you can stand there on the mountain and be like, no, this is going to happen. I believe it. Um, so the thing, so God gave a promise and he held on to that when he couldn't see anything, when there was no change in action and I just I know that I want to be the same as that. I want to be able to have God's word and go, yeah, I'm going to hold on to this for the rest of my life because I know that on the seventh time something's going to happen. Um, and the next bit is, you know, you talk about this cloud coming and it was as small as a hand. Um, I don't know about you, but it's pretty hard to see clouds that are that small 
they're not very um, big. It would be very hard to see that cloud. And it would have just been a small glimmer of hope. And what, what amazes me is that this small little cloud is hanging there and they just pack up everything and the rain is coming. Quick, get your chariot, let's go. From a tiny little cloud. Who knows that there's clouds on the hottest days? You know what I mean? And so that really amazes me that Elijah's like, yep, I just need that one small glimmer of hope and I'm out of here. I know that it's coming. Um, And it set him into action. And sometimes we wait for more evidence in our own lives. So we're like, we want God to bring out some big rainy clouds so we know what's going down. We want God to um, give us some big signs so we can be like, all right, it's going to rain now, let's go. But if you think about it, once again, I don't know how big this mountain is, but if he had waited any longer, because it says that things happened really quickly, if he had waited any longer for a bigger cloud, they might have got rained on, they might have got swished down the mountain, is my imagination speaking. (laughs) But you don't know, like, if if they didn't get moving quickly... They might have, yeah. So sometimes God just gives you that small thing and you've got to run with it. <laughs> um, and for an example, sometimes we may not feel very qualified. This morning, this whole week I've been like, ah, because this is my first time preaching a whole message in front of you guys. And I look around the room and it's like, these people are so much, like they're older than me, they're more mature, they have more experience. They um, probably know the Bible better than me, you know, being honest. And for me to come up here, I was just like, what if I say something that's not biblically correct? Like, what if I, you know, and I was, I was just getting all these thoughts. And, you know, I'm only young. I don't have much life experience. I'm only 18. Like, I've just been out of school for a year. I'm not really an adult yet. I still feel like I'm 12. <laughs> and I was just feeding these thoughts all week. And that is the worst thing to do, feed thoughts. No good. Um, And we may not feel good enough or maybe the call that God is like, I want you to do this. You're like, oh, I can't do that. My my feet aren't big enough to fill those shoes. We may feel underqualified. And sometimes we want to have all the skills. We want to have all the experience. We want to have all the money. We want to have everything all sorted, all the confidence before we take a step. So we want the big rain clouds pretty much. We want all this confidence. We want to be completely set before we take a step. And it's like, where's the faith in that? None at all. And so we need to be searching for that tiny little rain cloud when there's nothing. Tiny little rain cloud. And I guarantee if you're in the cool of God, you're going to see a rain cloud. I believe that with my whole heart. You'll see a rain cloud. Um... Okay. And sometimes we're meant to step in the uncertain so that we can be certain of his promise. So that we can, um, yeah, just be so certain of what God is saying to us, um, even when we don't see results. Yeah. Cool. I'm just going to cue the music team. I was Googling Christian memes last night. 
was trying to make my preaching funny. <laughs> and that was the only thing I could find. Um, yeah, anyways, that's distracting. There's <laughs> nothing to do with my message, but a bit of a lull. Um, so the three things that I've talked about this morning is you're called now, where you are right now, you're called. You're called next. What is your next move? Because God's always going to have a next move. You're, you're created to be upgraded. That's sort of that. You're created to be upgraded. That's your life. You're not meant to stay the same. Um, so what are you going to prepare to be able to do that? Has God shown you a passion that you're like, yeah, that's next? If not, seek God and you'll find Him. The last thing is that, you know, when God gives you a promise of something, hold on to that with everything. When times are rough, when there's no results, you feel empty, oh, I've been bowing on this mountain for so long in prayer. Wait for the seventh time and there'll be a tiny little cloud there waiting for you. I believe that so much. And when you see that cloud, don't just wait for a little bit longer, run with it. And it says at the end, they're in the chariots going and Elijah's just, um, it said that God, I don't know the exact words, I'm not quoting, but God filled him, empowered him and he ran faster than the chariot or out of the rain. And sometimes God's just like, yeah, I'm going to make you endure this. You're going to stay here and you're going to wait for my promise. And as soon as that comes into being, my Holy Spirit or HS, that's going to catch on. Youth guys know what I'm talking about. HS is going to just fill you up to the brim and you're going to be faster than that chariot. You're going to be sprinting back. And that's exciting. That's what we um, hope for and that's what God hopes for. So when nothing's happening, to just be holding on to a promise that God has given you. And make sure, yeah, you're probably, if you're sitting here and you're like, I don't have a promise. I don't even know if God hears me when I spend time with Him. Like, everything I read is just out there, weird stuff. I encourage you to keep going, to keep reading, to keep praying. Because that for me has been what spending time with God is the reason I'm a Christian. For God to speak to me, that's why I go to church. I don't live out of the pastor's revelation because then I would just be struggling all week. So I just encourage you, get in the Word of God, get to know what His heart says so that your heart can say the same thing um, learn to love it and do it out of habit when you feel like you're at the year end of your rope. Do it out of habit because that's when God can do more in you. So that's been my personal experience this year. That's what God has really spoken to me about this year. That where you are right now, you're called to be sitting in this church right now. You're called to have an impact in this church right now. Whether you're staying here for one week, five years, whether you've been here for a hundred years, God has called you right now, right here this morning. You are called to socialise after church. You're called to introduce yourself to people after church. 
You're called to provide hospitality. You're, you know, whatever your calling is, whatever God has placed a passion in you, do that right now. Um, so yeah, that's that's really what I have for you this morning. So I'm just going to pray over those areas. And as I pray for each one, if you feel like that is you, don't be afraid to put up your hand. It's got nothing to do with me. It's got something to do with you and God. So if we bow our heads, I'm going to pray for each thing. And if you feel like you just want to make a declaration to God, like, yes, I'm going to take a step in that area. Yes, I want to be more passionate about this. Yes, I want to pre I know how to say this word. <laughs> Pre-prioritise. Thank you. Oh. This area of my life. So we're just going to start that now. So the first area, Lord, I just pray for people who are in the now, Father. I just pray that they would just understand that they are called now, that they'll have a passion for now, that they know that what they're here to do now is a purposeful thing, that they won't be discouraged, Father, but they'll just be able to know um, your, your words, Father, and be able to know you with all that they are, so that when they're in the now, Father, they're as passionate as they'll ever be. Thank you, Father. Lord, I just pray for people who are going into the next, Father, people who don't know um, what you're calling them into next whether it's something big or something small, Father, I just pray that you would just have your hand upon people this morning, Father, that you'd just be able to speak to their hearts, Lord, to show them what what, um, passion you've placed in them, Father, that you'd just be able to give them a word, give them um, a sign, Father, signs and wonders of, okay, this is your next step. You're going to mature in this area and you're going to walk this way. So I pray for that in Jesus' name. And I also pray, Father, For anyone, Father, here who has a promise that God has given them and they can't see anything happening, that it feels dry at the moment, that you've been bowing on your knee on the mountain for too long and you're still looking for that tiny little cloud, I just pray this morning, Father, that you would just be able to encourage them, Father, in this time that they won't be discouraged, Father, but they'll just be able to cling on to the hope of your purpose and your calling on their life, the promise that you've given them, Father. I just pray for that this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening to my voice.